Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor Predictions. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, and joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture to look ahead to the Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor pay per view this weekend. And before we dive into it uh, and get into the matches, Hamflow, what a card this is! It's legitimately impressive. I think early on, um, from when they announced that it was going to be this pay per view and Ring of Honor was going to attempt to continue on keeping its flagship events in place without television, there was. Um, I don't know, a certain apprehension that Tony Khan could manage it alongside the booking of uh, AEW. He said as much. He said, I'm going to take this on just as I would AEW. And yet we sort of were here days before the show and it's there's anticipation. There's been work put in at the very least to the Road 2 build-up and things like that. There's matches that, the big matches at least, haven't felt like they've gotten in the way of AEW television. And it's done what every wrestling pay-per-view I think should do, which is at least build that like week of excitement mm. for the big headline matches in a way to try and lure you in to being attracted by the stuff you're watching. You might not be tuning in for every single wrestler we're going to talk about on this podcast, or you might not even know or have seen all of them. But the headline the headlines are enough, and they're you know featuring big enough stars and big enough AEW favourites that if you watch and enjoy, there's a good chance you'll come back the next time. That's sort of basics in terms of promoting something. That, I know it's not brand new, but something that is effectively a new version of an old favourite. Mm. This is not my take. I read it on Twitter, but if you look at the length of the card and the sort of stylistic thing they're going for, it's not too dissimilar to peak NXT takeovers. Mm. I'm expecting, or at least hoping, for significantly less melodrama. But what have we got so far on the main card? Like it's five matches? Seven card, seven matches on the whole card, one on the pre-show, six on the main card at time of recording. That's yeah, I hope it's like yeah. an abbreviated takeover yeah. length card. And the NXT comparisons do not end there because realistically there's been a lot of just, I'm going to come out to the ramp to symbolize that I'm accepting your challenge. That was like an old Triple H trick that he's fond of. Uh, yeah, the uh, the supplementary build on um, YouTube has been fantastic with the sit-down interviews. I hope that's the format going forward because um, Ring of Honor, or this new version of Ring of Honor, is going to be relied upon to get Nielsen's and sponsors and a big rights fee. I know they want something, but yeah, if they can do this sit-down format going forward and not interfere too much with AEW Dynamite and Rampage, then yep, I'll happily accept Ring of Honor as part of my wrestling diet, and I think that's what the show is functioning to do. It's trying to lure 
lapsed or curious fans into thinking, right, okay, if you can make time for it, this is possibly the best card we've got on offer because it looks tremendous. Uh, let's start with the world title then. Jonathan Gresham defending against Claudio Castagnoli. Is this the time that Claudio finally becomes a world... I know he did it in P PWG, but finally becomes a world champion in Ring of Honor? I would say so. I certainly don't think he's been put into this match to lose it, like, by half. Like, I think he's going home with the gold, absolutely. And it's going to be a great decision. Um, Claudio isn't necessarily the most magnetic television performer, um, but my God, what an absolutely great champion he would be for a brand like Ring of Honor. So I certainly think he's going to win. Um, he's not going to lose, so like the Occam's razor here is he's going to win. And I think the match itself should be tremendous. There is that sort of, uh, shall we say, comedic size imbalance where if they go nose to nose, like nose to navel, <laughs> like it might look somewhat ridiculous. And they might even play with that mm. early where just Claudio just dominates them with his strength, early attempts at the swing. But like Gresham is so agile, so technically gifted that he could sort of wrench on some kind of disgusting sort of choke like while he's in the swing. Like they could play with the um, the size discrepancy and sort of the stylistic discrepancy between both of these men brilliantly to engineer drama. But at the same time, Claudio's absolutely skilled as all hell um, on the mat and in his submission game. Um, so this could like really twist into a sort of power versus technique. Then actually, I'm very technical as well. Actually, no, I'm better because I've got expertise where you're more of an all-rounder. Like, this could be a really fantastic, dramatic, layered professional wrestling match. And I'm really, really excited to see it because it kind of does look ridiculous on paper. Mm. But if it was ridiculous on paper, they absolutely wouldn't book it. So I'm fascinated to see how this goes down. Um, I do think there'll be drama. I don't think it's like a really nailed-on result. Um, but yeah, I do think Claudio goes home with the title and it's a stiff competition for match of the night. I'm really looking forward to this and I do hope we get the visual because I think it's... Obviously, there's going to be you know an element where Gresham and Claudio, in terms of size difference, height difference at least, could generate that sort of almost like a meme-like quality of the Rey Mysterio Great Khali face-off or something like that. <laughs> but Gresham, and I mean this in the most complimentary way I can, is as wide as he is tall. He's just so stacked and jacked in just because he's of shorter stature, that's never kind of caused him any problems. And getting to tell that story, mm. especially now that he's a heel, he can be angry that he's immediately going to feel patronised or condescended by this former like Ring of Honor great who has since like found the bright lights of wrestling fame in WWE and thinks that he's like very literally above him as well as above him in stature here and he can try and cut him down to size and do it very cynically and nastily now that he's turned heel wrestling is funny in this way ironically I think in defeat here and it will be defeat I think I agree with Cedric I think Claudio will be champion um I think this might be the time for Gresham to get over mm. this new version of Ring of Honor. There was a certain feeling when he came out on top. It was sort of fairly predictable that he would come out on top as the unified champion against Bandido over WrestleMania weekend. But there was an almost immediate feeling when that Ring of Honor show booked this with a very, very heavy-handed AEW influence that Gresham was immediately an outsider. He just didn't feel like some of the other winners on that card who were obviously airlifted in by Tony Khan mm -hmm. to start the reshaping of it. Um I don't know, obviously, how the work with Tully Blanchard and Tully Blanchard Enterprises will go, but I definitely think him as a heel is going to stand him in greater stead. And having had this, what's certain to be a total banger of a match as well, this is going to be a ripper on the night. I think it's going to stand him in far greater stead going forward. He, Not that this is an indication of the result, but he worked, um, was it like a tape dark or dark elevation match without the belt? 
which I think was to obviously, you know, let people speculate that maybe the title mm-hmm. was going to change hands. But as well, it sort of suggests that he's still going to feature mm-hmm. in AEW canon as well. So I just think in terms of a star-making night to this hypothetical wider audience than Ring of Honor previously had, because... You know, Gresham already had this inbuilt audience. There was a, a certain fairy tale element to him winning the title within the original Ring of Honor, but there's a lot of people that are only going to be seeing him for the first, second, or third time here. So this, I think, is going to be a far better weekend for him than WrestleMania weekend when he was going out on top in the main event. Yeah, he was arguably sort of overshadowed there by the arrival of Samoa yeah. Joe, of course. He is defending the TV title against Jay Lethal. It's a, been a very prolonged build to this. Mm. Who do you see leaving with the, the TV ch- championship? I think... Jay Lethal wins, but only because I do wonder if this is Samoa Joe's transition back to AEW part-timer rather than Ring of Honor full-timer. There is definitely going to be an overlap of people that have got a rich Ring of Honor legacy that are currently within this AEW Ring of Honor melded roster that are going to like Claudio and possibly down the line, like maybe Brian Danielson, who can feature very prominently in Ring of Honor. I don't see Joe as one of them. I think it's going to be, in, this is no disrespect to Samoa Joe, but he's at that point in his career where he just cannot promise and offer the physical style expected of a him in a Ring of Honor yeah. compared to him as the sort of sports entertainer come wrestler hybrid that will probably fit more in a shorter AEW matches in shorter bursts. Lethal, on the other hand, has still shown that he's got lots of that to offer. He can have those type of matches. As that champion, that mid-card champion, he can carry and elevate, which I think is something, again, that Samoa Joe, with the best will in the world, might not be able to do with such consistency. We don't know what kind of TV deal Ring of Honor have got going forward, but if this belt is going to be defended with any regularity or if these matches are going to be expected with any kind of quality, Jay Lethal is probably the safer bet. Mm. If I'm being brutally honest, I'm more interested in this match and what it might indicate about the identity of Ring of Honor going forward um, in that I don't think it's going to be particularly good. I've not really been too impressed by Samoa Joe's work in 2022. We had a fabulous uh, Smoke and Mirrors match with Minoru Suzuki on Dynamite, but even then the first minute was so much better than like the second, third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth. Like He really was blowing... Um, by the end, um, I'm interested about um, the potential interference of uh, Dutt and Singh here in that what version of Ring of Honor are we getting? Because they've had several. They've had what um, Austin Aries once called Smoky Mountain of Honor <laughs> when Jim Cornette was in charge. You had the original vision shaped by Gabe Sapolsky where it was very puro influenced in terms of um, the lack of Americanized trappings like interferences and all the rest of it. And then you had the one based around the elite, which was basically a kind of a sports entertainment league, um, but a fabulous one at its peak. If Delirious didn't book every match to go 35 friggin' minutes, <laughs> that is. So I'm really interested. I suspect Tony Khan would lean towards the Sapolsky version. Certainly that's the one he speaks most warmly of. Um, but at the same time, he has indulged the idea that he's a North American TV wrestling promoter far too heavily, in my opinion, in AEW this year. So if you get like sort of a very interference-heavy match, then my worry is that ROH in itself will just become a diet AEW, which is always going to be the case, or the threat, when you've got a guy, the same guy, running two different promotions at once. So I'm not really interested in the match. I don't think it's going to be particularly great. Joe's over as hell. Yeah. And Jay Lethal, like, I'm not the biggest Jay Lethal guy, but he's stunningly over in arenas. Like, he's so much more over than I ever expected. So maybe it'll be hotter than it is good, 
But at the same time, yeah, I'm not that fussed about that. And I think lethal wins ultimately for Joe. I don't want to go two-footed on the guy. One, he'd kill me. <laughs> Two, he's got such a, a level of credibility and respect, and he's earned every single um, ounce of that. But I really think he should be either AEW's or ROH's sting at this point. Mm-hmm. Don't get rid of sting. Have two stings. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I don't want to see him work these sort of like plodding 12-minute matches where he's genuinely, obviously quite knackered throughout. I think if you book him like Sting, then you've got one of the best acts in all of wrestling as opposed to uh, not quite as good as he was, but always nice to see Joe, which he kind of is now. NXT almost stumbled on that with him. as like, well, you don't want to see him if he takes the shirt off. Like, if he takes his corporate suit off and works, you're in trouble. Like, that was something they probably yeah. could have done with him longer term had NXT, that version, not been dying at the time. Yeah. You could definitely achieve that in AEW, I think. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, Serena Deeb challenges Mercedes Martinez for the ROH Women's World Championship. Will she be successful, Sige? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think certainly that if ROH functions as... If it has two dual objectives, one, a brand in its own right, and two, kind of a feeder league for AEW, certainly it's not going to be the other way around, then yes, I would absolutely strap up Deeb because I think that if you have Serena Deeb... um, work a title reign in the classical Sapolsky vision of Ring of Honor, where she goes like, what, 400, 500, 600 days with a belt, and you just throw challenger upon challenger upon challenger at her. All the while, her aura and stature is this legendary technical wrestler, grows and grows and grows, and all the while, her ability to carry people through matches and her level of experience and expertise can only bring along this wave upon wave of challenger. So if it was up to me, I would absolutely strap up Serena Deep here, give her that title for like two years, and just essentially um, portray it as this player coach and just absolute expert of technical wrestling, and that way you can get... I know she had the match with Anna Jay. You get Tay Conti in there. You can get Red Velvet in there. You can get all the women 
who in AEW, it's always one step forward, two steps back, yeah. because they don't get the reps, they get the opportunities, and then they don't get the reps subsequent to that, so they regress because they just don't have the muscle memory down of working matches and matches and matches and reps and reps and reps, and then they kind of get lost in there because they just don't have it down to an exact science. If they can go in there with a scientist of a wrestler like Serena Deeb is, then maybe that's one workaround for this really persistent problem AEW has with its women's division. Uh, for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, it's pure wrestling rules. That means you get three rope breaks during the match, and then you, after that you can get pinned whilst in the ropes, etc., etc. You get a rope break removed for a closed fist punch, two closed fist punches, and you're disqualified. And if anyone interferes, I believe they're removed from the Ring of Honor roster. Um, Wheeler Utah is the uh, pure champion, of course. And Daniel Garcia is facing him. And uh, this is mouth-watering. Yeah, it's like multifariously perfect, this booking. So you have the one of the ideal... If you're just watching this as an AEW viewer that's coming to Ring of Honor because on AEW they're telling you to come to Ring of Honor, you are seeing Jericho Appreciation Society Sports Entertainer versus Blackpool Combat Club Pro Wrestler and those two stables being formed together. Garcia was this middleman. Which way is he going to go? And he's gone the way of sports entertainment. If you are um, a wrestling completist or an indie wrestling fan or whatever, you are buzzing to see another round of this after these two went 60 minutes last year in a, a celebrated encounter. And the pure title itself is feeling upheld in its prestige by the quality of these wrestlers. So immediately, this feels like a, a kind of dream booking. For a lot of these matches, we're trying to predict as much based on what Ring of Honor will look like after this show, as much as what would yeah. make it. We're not just judging a story here or judging a pairing. We're judging, well, will Ring of Honor ever be televised? And are they just going to have to sit on these wins until the next pay-per-view? And is that how it's going to work? This does away with all of that because this will surely be absolutely fantastic on the night. Um, it's just going to be expertly and intricately worked where it's going to be there for all the detail snobs. But at this point, even as somebody that didn't know much about these two 12 months ago, now feels like he knows loads. I'm talking about myself here. Mm -hmm. Like, these are two people that I feel very, very invested in and feel like I'm going to be looking for specific submissions or specific escapes. I'm going to be wondering if it gets, even though it's a pure title, if it gets, for example, bloody. They can't hit each other in the face. But we know that you know there's other ways potentially to get colour or get blood that can just add to what we already know about the legacy of a wheelie uter and the one that he's building within AEW. Uh, I expect this to go long, but not in a way that feels flabby or feels like it's kind of dragging down the card. I think the energy level will increase mm. as the clock ticks on. I think you're going to see more from a wheelie uter and a Daniel Garcia the longer this goes. So I could well see this hit in the 30-minute mark to further establish the pure title, like it was put on Utah as quick as possible in the most simplistic way imaginable as if to sort of suggest, right, going forward, here's a guy that we want to lead the division or be a sort of talismanic figure. I expect him to win, but it's the quality of this match that's going to establish his reign without regular other title defences. If they can't rely yeah. on television, you need these big matches to deliver huge because you haven't got much to work with. Otherwise, you've got to say, well, remember the pure title defense against Daniel Garcia and then nothing. So that's got to stand up on its own as this big moment for Wheelie and I think it will. Uh, let's run through some of the other matches before we Let get to Let me talk it. about it. Sorry, <laughs> I'm running out of time here. But what do you reckon about Garcia, Utah? Eh, I've never been the biggest pure rules guy. If I look back at my genuine fandom of Ring of Honor, at least the Sapolsky era, first and foremost, then ye, the amount of world title matches, Dragon Gate Six Mans, Cages of Death... Dog collars, and then like the pure stuff goes mm. down there for me. Look, I think these two guys can work around it brilliantly. Um, but my only concern, and it is paramount that they address this on commentary and like space out the words during the ring announcements. 
very, very slowly, is that the fans have to get this. Yeah. It was kind of recently brought back. It was abandoned um, during the like the dying age of Ring of Honor because it just wasn't that over. Um, they really, really, really need to get these rules across. Otherwise, every reach out to the rule break is not going to have the heft that it would in like literally any other pro wrestling match. Look, these two guys are young prodigies, geniuses even. They can get it over, but they can only do so much if, in fact, it's not made explicitly clear. Like, I'm talking to half of the wrestling media who go, oh, I don't know this about AEW. Well, just infer it, you stupid idiot. <laughs> Why make yourself look thick on main just to, like, have a go at AEW? Those types might even be right about this one thing. Like, that Onion headline? Terrible. The worst person you know just made a great point. If you've got some of those idiots in wrestling media right now complaining that they don't know the rules, then they might have a point because mm. they haven't been prominent in the minds of the wrestling fan for quite some time. They were good at that with Supercard of Honor because I'm an incredibly casual Ring of Honor fan and I got it immediately mm. uh, when, when we were there. So, so I, But you are right there in terms of... They do need to hammer that home because, like you say, people who just show used to just up oh, road break. There's only three. You really just have to use hammer them. it home. Yeah, uh, we'll wrap through a few others before we get to what we assume is the uh, inevitable main event. Uh, you've got the right. We're campaigning for trios titles in AEW. We've got it in Ring of Honor. The righteous facing a bit of a favourite of ours, uh, Hamlet, Dalton Castle, and the boys. Who do you think leaves as champions? Of course, the Righteous holding the titles at the moment. So I think Dalton Castle and the boys win, if only to get decked after the match by Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Like you have set up a monster three-man group and having them kind of lay their claim to being mm -hmm. the next... I was going to say trios champion there, you know, like these these uh, these trios titles that don't yet exist in AEW, but almost using this as a, a pilot scheme for them. I would expect this new stable that currently don't feature on the card to be making their impact that way. Three big bit, lads. It's a bit basic, but yeah, the visual will stand up. For and sure. on the pre-show, Sige, we've got Alison Kay versus another favourite of ours, Willow Nightingale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alison Kay um, had a really underrated and retrospect, uh, retrospect uh, match with uh, was it Serena Deeb, yeah. of course. Yeah, on the Full Gear Twenty Twenty by in and that was basically the limit of her involvement with AEW but it got over really well at least on telly obviously there weren't that many fans in the building so yeah she's like a solid powerful worker and um, going up against another solid powerful worker this should be a nice bomb blast mm. um, just a nice power move exchange brisk but um, Nightingale's personality in particular can really sort of get the crowd yeah. unglued which is why this match exists and they'll inevitably hoy on about four or more matches in the interim yeah. of us Filming this, probably maybe even a Colt Cabana match, but let's talk about the presumed main event, Hamlet. Uh, FTR, the Briscoes, two out of three falls for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Is this going to be the best tag team wrestling match ever? It wants to try, and that's what's so cool, is that we get to see matches of this quality now from FTR, whether it was, you know, against the likes of the Young Bucks uh, twice, I guess, now, and, you know, we would assume that's, that third match is coming. The first one with the Briscoes, right back to what they were doing like when they still cared within the WWE system and on NXT and the like, it's their MO to rewrite tag team wrestling for the modern fan with those little flourishes and little touches of the old school. They've seemingly perfected that now. You know, that's that's not a hot take or anything, but for a, a couple of years, it was looking more like they were kind of wanting to pay so much tribute to it that they were kind of paying on homage rather than just becoming the best versions of themselves. They are the best versions of themselves ever and think of the grounds that covers for the, the run that FTR and the Revival yeah. have had. Like they are absolutely the best version of themselves. Um, leading up to this match beautifully with the best promo of Dax Harwood's career on the, you know, the, the go-home dynamite to this show. Everything they're doing is perfect. They're getting the Road Warrior pop for their entrance music. In the meantime, the Briscoes feel like they've got their own wave of momentum behind them. With all the controversy around them, they've managed to get their Ring of Honor contract. So regardless of 
whatever sort of discoveries issues might have been with them appearing in AEW or indeed for Tony Khan in general, they've gotten over the line to some degree. You know, the, the match they had over WrestleMania weekend was incredible. That lived up to expectations. It's hard to imagine this one weren't as well. These are four wrestlers that, generally speaking, like thrive under this kind of pressure as well. They're not choke artists, none of them. Um, and the result the other week with the Young Bucks losing the tag team titles feels like it has a knock-on to this one. And whereas we were once maybe building towards this All Belts dream match, you could now see the Briscoes getting their win back to set up a rubber match down the road and giving the Briscoes the tag division mm-hmm. for Ring of Honor going forward. Like, that has made the result a little bit more predictable than it would have been, but that's the cool thing about two out of three falls matches, is you can throw all of that into doubt depending on the arrangement of the falls as well. It, like, you're mad not to be looking forward to this one. Yeah, no offence to anyone else on this card, but they could put these four lads, and literally anything else, and I'd be absolutely buzzing about this this weekend. Yeah, I don't even know if I believe what I'm going to say, but for the sake of just some maybe reach at insight here, I'm going to be a slight dissenting voice, right? Only for the sake of, I think, deep down, this is going to be absolutely incredible. The first match was unbelievably awesome, so much so that you could sort of pay such attention to the way that Dax Harwood sold his fist um, after just unloading with loads of punches, and you just thought every single like nanosecond of this match matters and is being sold. It was fantastic. It earned its like big bombs and its apron suplex bumps more more than so many other matches. Yeah. It was so artful. My only concern, and again, I don't even know if I believe this. I'm only saying just in case is that I thought they measured. The um, I don't want to say melodrama, but like that sort of that modern cinematic way of pro wrestling with like sort of a little element of acting and stare downs and stuff. Was it um, it was Dax Harwood and it was a Jay Briscoe who we, they were the most at each other's throats yeah. on social media. So their interactions were very much it's kind of like a personal feud between us two. The little forehead to forehead moments. Yeah, thing, right? like oh, the little yeah. sort of where the spokesmen of each act and maybe even the de facto leader. So we're going to like really sort of uh, make it clear that we hate each other the most. They measured those brilliance and never ever like sort of teetered into right there trying to like get a freaking Emmy or something consideration <laughs> here. It was just we kind of hate each other the most. And we're really going to labor on that to inform all of the damage we're going to do to each other deep into the match. My only concern is that they've got this presumably is going to go like between 30 and 40 minutes, right? If there's a temptation here to fill some of that space with like NXT level acting, which has really gone out of fashion. Mm since it was really fashionable when Revival were at the forefront of that brand, then maybe it could sort of take the piss very slightly, especially because the appeal of the first match was there was so little of that. It was just smash mouth, <laughs> quintessentially brilliant tag team wrestling, modernized just enough for like modern sensibilities. They might might take the piss, but they won't because FTR are in the form of their lives and the Briscoes are potentially the most consistent act of the 21st century, not named the Young Bucks. Who do you think leaves with the tag titles? Or I think the Briscoes do. Mm, um, I do think the Briscoes do. I don't know why, but again, you don't know what's coming from ROH yeah. in general. So that's, again, that just makes this card like really loaded with drama because you don't know what's happening. Because there's so little happening, you can't, like with Dynamite, see the next two or three programs in any given performance yeah. direction. So it's a one-off chance to really sort of extract as much drama as possible. And I think virtually everyone on this card is really going to do that because they're all great. 
Well, let us know your thoughts and your predictions for Death Before Dishonor uh, on Twitter or in the comment section at WhatCultureWWE if you want us on Twitter, where you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said, and enjoy uh, Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor this weekend. My thanks to the Daddy Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 